0: on this episode of the average on podcast uh the nfl's lacking a lot of parody this year which also means that they're lacking a lot of good matchups college football on the other hand has been highly entertaining and it's not the top teams in the country that make it so much fun so come along and listen and, and let's dive into it To another episode of the Average Sean podcast. Uh, as always, Chris is with me. Chris, how you doing?
1: I'm ready for some sun.
0: Yes, that that would be wonderful. I'm um, <laughs> aware that we are much more fortunate than those done in Florida. Although you could say that in any context, and you'd be correct. <laughs> uh, but it has been, you know, nothing but gray skies here in the last several days, and I could use a break from it uh in i guess regular news because i mean a hurricane's a hurricane but we got other things going on in this world uh you and i are are officially tied in nfl picks and in all honesty chris when it comes to you know putting bets down in real life i suck at betting the nfl
1: (laughs) i mean okay overall for the year you're 35 and 28 well we both are
0: if I were to take money line picks,
1: yeah, I was gonna say if you're taking money line picks, man, that's not too shabby. Yeah, it, the the
0: problem is, and it's what I told you before recording is there's not enough value in just taking money line picks. So I I could hang my hat on that, but I don't know what sort of percentage I would need in order to be be profitable. So I just I I bet other things. I take prop bets uh, all the time for fun uh and because i like i genuinely think they'll hit and then they don't and i'm just here going, why do i do this to myself like college football is the only thing that's saving my wallet right now
1: hey i mean you, you've got like what a month until maryland uh, decides to turn it around and let you gamble remotely from mobile
0: give or take there's reports that it'll be as early as november there they seem to be dragging their feet as much as they can with this entire process i mean we saw how long it took them once they legalized it to actually get sports books up and running in the state. So I I don't, I don't know what to expect with that. And even if they do make it available, I will be betting probably a significantly smaller amount. One, because whenever I go to the casino, I feel like I should get my money's worth while I'm here, because if I'm going to take the time to drive out of my way and go up there and play some bets, like I feel like I should get, should get some, variety like not just put down one bet uh because if i just did like one big bet and it lost like it would be crushing since then they're going like i drove all this way even though the casino is only like 15 minutes from my house uh i drove you all this way gas
1: money
0: i spent the gas money i dealt with the parking anyone who lives in maryland who has been to the arundel mills mall knows that that is an absolute shit show over there uh you know you got to go into the casino wait to get on one of the kiosks and that's Honestly, that's the one thing I'm looking forward to the most with online gambling is I no longer have to go and deal with the weight to get on a kiosk because there are some people who get there and they post up. They're just there for, I don't want to say it's hours, but when you're in that line, you're like, dude, I just want to make my picks and go home. It, it feels like you're there Forever. So I will be very, very much looking forward to that. But then when the online betting happens, I'll sit there and be like, okay, cool. Like I can bet one game, track it, have fun with it. I won't feel the need to be like, necessarily to get my money's worth out of it. You know what I mean?
1: Totally. I mean, you're dedicated, Sean. I'm going to be honest. If I had to drive every week, I would get turned off.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, I used to go there like consistently. I'd say not necessarily like every day, but pretty consistently, especially during college basketball season. I like, I was a substitute teacher. And during my like two hour breaks that I'd get, because I had fourth period off, I'd drive over to the casino, make a couple plays, come back and teach the rest of my classes. And I, like ever since then, I'm just sitting there going like once, basically once baseball season hit, I was like, why, why am I doing this? Like this, this is not enjoyable. I don't want to go out of my way to go to this mall to go to this casino and just place these bets. And I thought like maybe when football season came back that I would be more like, oh yeah, look, let's go do this. And now I'm like, man, when I go, I might as well just make a whole bunch of plays at once. Cause I don't feel like coming here more than
1: I need to. What's wrong? You don't like driving on good old route 100?
0: Oh, I don't touch 100, but for like a second when I go there, I just go up 170. Mm. But it's still a mess though. It would be so much more enjoyable if I could just like sit at my couch or like, for example, for Saturday, like I'm going to be tailgating the Maryland game. We'll get more into that later. I'll be in the stadium. It would be so much easier if I could just sit there, pop on my phone for a few seconds, determine, you know, I like the way that Kansas looks this weekend, which I've liked the way that Kansas has looked every weekend. That usually works out for me right now. Uh, or, you know, like, oh, I think, uh, UCLA is going to do the good this weekend. Um, it's, it's just on the record. that they're like, yeah, like I don't need to rush to get this done. I don't feel like, you know, I need to get in and get out and take a few minutes, do what the people who are at the kiosk do, where I feel a lot more like social anxiety, even though there's like 20 other kiosks around me that could open up where I'm like, let me just get in, get out of here, get out of people's way, do that sort of thing. I feel like at least now I could maybe put more thought into it, which may or may not be
1: a good thing. Well, I'll be waiting for you to uh, be making all of your bets from the toilet <laughs> and hoping that that is like some reverse, like, good luck charm or something. Do you really think I'm not going to – I'm not going to que- finish that question. <laughs> this could go a lot of different ways, but we're all guilty of sitting there way too long. Cheers. No the
0: the question was going to be do you really think we're going to text you while I'm on the toilet making pics to tell you that I'm on the toilet
1: making pics. Hey man, pics? someone went viral back in the day just from saying sitting on the toilet. I'm aware of that. That should definitely be the name of this episode.
0: Yeah, you know what? Fine, I'll make that the name of this episode. <laughs> I I will do that because admittedly I've also like I don't know what to name the episodes half the time, so I go with like the most bland name. So sure, I'll just throw out sitting on the <laughs> toilet.
1: Hey, as long as that's
0: not copyrighted, I don't think it is. Uh, no, I, if it is, I mean, credit to that guy. And also credit to them if they come find this podcast. Also, if they come find this podcast, thanks for listening. <laughs> so I, I don't know. It's, it's been a weird year. It's been uh, fun, at least in college football. Uh, I have decided that moving forward, I will only be betting the picks that I make on this podcast. I will bet the full card. And that's all I'm going to do because, taking a look at things, I'm 53 and 37 on the year. And when you and I actually started tracking units, I'm up 10 and a half units right now. So it's pretty profitable
1: for me. I might as well yeah. just stick with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, let's see, even what was your worst week up to... Two, a little over two and a half units. That's still not too shabby, man.
0: I, I And the thing is, I did the same thing last year. And I kept telling myself last year, I was like, dude, just just bet what you're betting in terms of college football. Because if you take a look at this, like you're clearly profitable. So I, I think I should put a pause on betting NFL games. Um, and most importantly, I should put a pause on betting those because what is this garbage ass matchup that we're going to have to watch tomorrow night?
1: (sighs) Almost as bad as the, uh, the Sunday night and Monday night games last week, right? I'm noticing a trend here.
0: In fairness, I think that the Sunday night game this week is going to be significantly better. Uh, not only because your team is involved and your team is actually good, the Ravens, But Mm -hmm. it's a divisional matchup with the Bengals, who I think are getting better. Offensive line still needs some work, but getting better. Uh, But, dude, Colts-Broncos on a Thursday night. I mean, I I guess before the season, you could have seen how that would look intriguing. But we've got the walking carcass that is Matt Ryan going against Mr. More Limited than he thinks he is in Russell Wilson. Uh, i whatever you're going to do with this game, just bet the under.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, and as disappointing, I guess that's that would be the correct word that Matt Ryan has looked. It's kind of expected. I mean, given his age and, you know, he's played a lot of football over his career. Russell Wilson, man. He looks bad. He looks real bad. And like the Broncos aren't that bad around him. And I think the the scarier thing is that they just spent a lot of money on him, and that's a contract that you are stuck with for a while.
0: I, so I would like to say that, you know, Peyton Manning didn't look very good when he was with them. But one, I think he looked a little bit better than what Wilson has looked like. Two, Peyton Manning wasn't dealing with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert in the same division.
1: True. I mean, and ultimately, like, Manning has aged aged differently than Brady has, I would say. Um, Not that we're comparing the two of them right now, but Manning still had a fairly good arm, and ultimately he was super accurate. Russell Wilson, man, has looked terrible accuracy-wise. Like, it's not like he's turning the ball over a ton. He just can't complete passes.
0: This is the most evident that it has ever been his career, that he's below average height for a quarterback.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I, in, I guess, what's the math word? I'm, uh, I'm in, I don't even know. I, I should have studied math more, I guess. I'm on the flip side of that. He's kind of making uh Pete Carroll look, you know, he's got to be smirking a little bit, little bit, right? I mean, he's I got two wins on the year
0: i get the feeling that the word that you were looking for was the inverse
1: the inverse that is the exact word so you can name this episode the inverse or sitting on the toilet how's that (laughs) the the
0: inverse sitting on the toilet
1: yeah it's like a reverse shit.
0: (laughs) i don't want to get that mental image in my head chris Thank you very much for giving all of our very few but very loyal listeners, who I love dearly, that gross mental image that they're going to sit here and now question why they continue to listen to this podcast.
1: For the imagery, Sean, that's why.
0: For some reason, my brain just immediately went to Willem Dafoe and the Boondock Saints going, the
1: symbolism.
0: (laughs) What's the symbolism? (laughs) I love that scene. Um, but all right, that aside, so I think we're both on the Broncos this week. Uh, I was thinking this could be the week that the Colts could steal one, uh, but my normal rule with Thursday night's game is always fade the away team, especially fade the away team when Jonathan Taylor has been ruled out for the game and the rest of their offense has looked completely anemic. So give me the Broncos in a painful one to watch if I watch it,
1: yeah. I will say that, like, these bad Thursday night matchups, and I'm saying this and I'm instantly thinking back to last week with Miami's uniform, but like, in a way, like, when I remember the first year that Thursday night football existed, the the schedule was pretty crappy. I vividly remember that. However, everyone tuned in because of the color rush jerseys.
0: (laughs) Oh, I want the color rush jerseys back.
1: I know, like, as awful as some of them were, I mean, that, that, that. Got eyes on this on the screen and put some type of intrigue with it.
0: You know what the funny thing about the Color Rush jerseys is? Do you know the one team who never wore their Color Rush jersey? Who they
1: were, or what team that was? So they never played a Thursday night game back in the day. No, they
0: they played Thursday nights, but they just they refused to wear their Color Rush jersey.
1: Hmm. Washington.
0: Yeah. Scumbag Dan decided that the hill he wants to die on is he didn't want to wear an all-gold jersey, which makes a lot of sense as to why when their new jerseys came out, they didn't have a yellow jersey. But it's just... It's little things like that that shows just how petty Dan Snyder is and reminds me how much I hate him with every fiber of my being.
1: But
0: you, you mentioned bad scheduling, though. Thursday night games have been iffy. I think last Thursday's game would have been significantly better if the Dolphins had any medical sense whatsoever within their building. Even if Teddy Bridgewater had started that game, I think that game would have just been more enjoyable uh, if that injury had never happened. I mean, that's obvious, but I'm saying like the the game itself, like the way it was played would have been a lot better. Uh, I think a lot of people have also been ragging on Monday night games Because those haven't been particularly great. And this past Monday night wasn't much better. But, and this is a big but, if we want to talk about bad scheduling, these London games are
1: atrocious. Last week's actually ended up being a fairly good game. But yeah, on paper, not, not so fun.
0: I mean, fairly good game, sure. But for all the wrong reasons. I mean, we had another double doink.
1: True. I mean, but it was at least it was entertaining.
0: <laughs> True. But are we really thinking, especially after their performances this last weekend, that Giants-Packers is going to be a good matchup? Like, why are we subjecting the good people of England to
1: this torture? I mean, I, first off, I'm just going to say that Packers are going to roll here. However, I mean, on paper, the Giants are playing well. I guess I don't. Daniel injured. Jones is injured. That is true, and Tyrod Taylor's hurt. So who's playing behind? Who's actually? It's very possibly Davis Webb. Oh man, I didn't realize he was still with them. He was
0: on their practice squad. Wow. Yeah, so that's not looking great. No, uh, especially like <laughs> you start getting like salty Aaron Rodgers over, and they're like, dude, like th- th- these people already lost their queen, like. They've been through enough pain recently. Now we're going to subject them to this. Meanwhile, the Irish side of me is still chanting, Lizzie's in a box, Lizzie's in a box. But that that game looks atrocious. I'm going to take the Packers just because I, I think whatever New York's going on at quarterback Aaron Rodgers is just better than that. Even though he, like, because of the receiver situation and the fact that they just don't have the chemistry developed yet, he hasn't looked that good this year. But he's still better than whatever the Giants are going to put out there. Truth. Uh, other NFL games that we can touch on real quick. We are very much similar, uh, on a lot of these games and we can touch on certain things. Like we differ on lions and Patriots. I'm going to keep riding the lions, uh, for some things, mostly because uh, sure. Bailey Zappi is going to have more time to prepare this week, assuming it's him and not Brian Hoyer. But again, the lions have to win one of these and there's a reason why Bailey Zappi was the third stringer. I, I'm just going to take the lions and, and hold my butt on that. But I feel like this has been like the worst year for parody in this league. Like it, it's very, very clear who the top teams are and who isn't. And I don't think we're going to get enough, you know, fun matchups. Like Chargers Browns could have been better if Deshaun Watson wasn't suspended. Granted, no suspension for him would have been short enough in my mind because being a creep is well you're, you're being a creep um but Texans jags i mean jacksonville looks better but sure that matchup never really looks fun anyway
1: i almost want texans there just cuz just the afc south always finds a way to just like eat itself
0: you know i think jacksonville is a lot better than they've been given credit for like three of their first road games or three of their first games of the season were on the road. Now you get some home cooking. You start off with the Texans. I, I like the Jags in that. If you take a look at the rest of their schedule, I don't have it up in front of me, but it's pretty soft after that. So I like the Jags in this. And I like them to get on a little bit of a roll because like, who have they lost to? They lost to the Eagles, one of the better teams in the league. Uh, they destroyed the Colts. Then they beat the Chargers. And, oh, and they lost to the Commanders. Uh, honestly. I kind of give them a pass for the commander's loss because new coach, new system, first game of the season. Sure. Like I don't really hold that against them. So I I think they're going to go on a little bit of a run here. Uh, Bucks Falcons. We're both on the Bucks. Uh, I'm guessing the news of Brady and Giselle hiring to voice lawyers is not affecting your opinion, how this is going to go.
1: No, because I imagine that's going to fuel Brady you can say what you want. I mean, he has done an amazing job throughout his career. Really, I mean, keeping the media away as much as possible until the past like year, honestly. Maybe since he moved to Tampa, obviously you can say that's obviously a, a Bill Beck Bill, Bill Belichick. You know, there's that's the explanation. But I think something like this, I mean, especially Tom has his own radio show now every week. Like this is something that I believe is actually every Wednesday night. I could be wrong on that. It might be every Monday night. Monday night would make a lot more sense, but... Oh, you mean um, we're
0: we're we're competing potentially against Tom Brady? Bring it, man. What have you ever done in this world?
1: <laughs> I just think, I mean, he's a driven guy. I'm just, just going to say that. And you know that the last thing that he wants is to draw more eyes on him Oh, because he lost and now his season's crumbling. I mean, say what you will, they lost last week to the Chiefs. Brady played his ass off.
0: Uh, He did, and that game was going to be a lot closer than it would have been if they hadn't spotted the Chiefs' seven points right off the opening kickoff.
1: Right. I mean, that – I mean, Brady, uh, what was he? He had like three touchdowns, and I'm pretty sure he threw the ball over 50 times. Yeah, Like.
0: Plus, they Four get their they get their full complement of receivers back. Um, Earl Patterson for the Falcons is on IR. Uh, long live my fantasy team and rest in peace at the same time. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Bucks are at home. It, it just feels like I think a lot of people will take a look at the Falcons winning last week and get caught in that typical Atlanta Falcons trap. But Atlanta is successful if they can run the ball. And again, Cordero Patterson IR and also. Tampa Bay's defense.
1: Also, isn't I believe Pitts is out or hurt, and he's nicked up.
0: Either way, they haven't been using him enough this year when when he has been in games. It's really strange. Like You have this freak of a talent, and then you don't get him the ball? Explain that one to me.
1: That'll come back to bite them in, in one day. Either he'll demand a trade or a lot of money that they won't be able to pay him because they don't have the stats to...
0: The, not even yeah. just be able to. They just won't want to pay him because they're like, dude, where are your stats? And he's like... I'm better than this, so either trade me or pay me, one or the other. Yeah. That's going to be an interesting contract negotiation in a few years.
1: Hey, you could end up on Washington.
0: For those listening, I'm just staring blankly at Chris because...
1: <laughs> I could no. hear his blinks.
0: Yeah, no, that that's, that's not happening. Uh, Steelers Bills, welcome to the league, Kenny Pickett.
1: Yeah. I'm surprised that they pulled the plug so soon on Mitch. To be completely honest, because now they can't go back.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised uh, at some point because, the, like, the Steelers have such a winning, like, mentality and history and all that sort of stuff that you know it, you suffer any sort of struggles in the early part of the season, especially when you're moving on from a legend of a quarterback in Roethlisberger. The people in Pittsburgh, I don't think, are going to suffer losing for very long particularly if you end up losing to the hapless jets. So I think they made that move. They were looking for a spark. And now that that move has been made, like you said, they can't go back. So I, I don't blame them for doing it. I don't blame them for feeling a little bit of pressure when they were losing well tight at the time and then ended up losing to the jets. So, I mean, at some point we knew the kid was going to take over. It does seem a little bit unfortunate that his first game is against the bills, but Hey man, let's let's go up to uh to I can never remember the name of where their stadium like was it like New Era Stadium or something? And uh and, and let's see what she can do. So
1: we're I'm both on the bills, bills obviously. Surprise. Yeah, <laughs> taking the bills regardless. The bills look real good.
0: They they do. Um, Dolphins, Jets, oh, quick point on the Bills. They finally won a close game. Hey now. I mean, uh, sure. I, I don't mean to rub it in against your team. I'm just saying credit to the Bills. Like, they've been winning in nothing but blowouts. They finally won a tightly contested game.
1: Yeah. The Ravens have uh, led for every minute besides 14 seconds all year, and they are two and two.
0: That is brutal. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Uh, but yeah, so Dolphins, Jets, um, you're on the Jets. I am going to be on the Dolphins because. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is that bad of a backup. And also he's had three extra days of preparation uh, compared to the Jets because they played on Thursday night. So now that they know that Bridgewater is the starter and they've had the time to get him settled, get him prepped and all that sort of stuff, get him game ready. He's not preparing as a backup. Uh, You know, I I think he'll get the job done, especially because that team is so wildly talented around him that they could – Throw like a dump off throw to Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle, And the next thing you know, they're running through the tunnel because they've just blasted past everybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. But I'm taking Jets. One last week's win for them was a huge. I mean, I know it was, you could say, oh, it's a week, it's a down Steelers team. It was against Ms. Trubisky. And then you got Kenny Pickett in there for the first time. And it, the Jets are a young team. I don't see them sniffing the playoffs. However, they had the the spike in in positivity because Zach Wilson came back and got a win. I just I see them riding that. I see that um being more of a lift than what Teddy Bridgewater can bring. I like Teddy Bridgewater. He's been very good in his career. Um minus, you know, if if we exclude the injuries, like he's a I don't know, he's a Top 10 quarterback in the league, probably. Ooh. Top 10 right now?
0: Right now. You're going to go – okay, let, let's do this. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, still. Tom Brady, still. I'd say is better than Teddy Bridgewater. Um, You're going to put him ahead of Jalen Hurts right now?
1: We've seen more from Bridgewater still but I guess right now Hertz is playing better than him. But You, you, like...
0: said, you said top 10 right top now. Top 10, yeah. We're going to go
1: top 12. Sh-
0: should I tell you Justin Herbert? Can could I, could uh, I introduce did you to sure him? You say that?
1: Didn't you already say him?
0: No, I did not say Justin Herbert already. Would you take Teddy Bridgewater over Derek Carr? Because that's kind of our like Mendoza no. line here. or Whatever. So, okay, Derek I Carr. I would
1: take Teddy Bridgewater over...
0: Would you take him Um, over his own starter in Tua?
1: um, Tua is playing very well.
0: Would you take him over Kyler Murray? That could be another differential. Okay. Matt Stafford?
1: Right now?
0: Right now I could give you that one. I would just need to actually see how Teddy plays this week.
1: Yeah, I think that, that it depends on how his legs look.
0: Uh, when he's healthy, would you take him over Dak Prescott?
1: Yes. Really? Yes. I don't think Dak's all that great.
0: See, I don't think Dak ever gets the credit he deserves.
1: Hmm. I feel like it. it's two very polar opposites with, with Dak. You either love him or you hate him. There's no, like, in between. And he's, I say hate him. I I don't hate him. I just, I'm down on him.
0: Yeah, I, and I don't think I love him. I think what I really love is just, I think part of the reason why I give him more credit is knowing the franchise that he's got the keys to and knowing how since day one he has stepped in and he hasn't made a single misstep. So maybe it's also just like off the field stuff that I'm giving Dak a little bit more or more credit for, which isn't necessarily fair to Teddy because Teddy's been nothing but a consummate professional his entire career. Yes. But just in the arguments of I think Dak Prescott is better than the credit that he's gotten – I think a lot of it is because we know what Dallas is, both as a franchise owned by Jerry Jones and just as a general entity. And they have, they have maintained very well without him in there, but I still would take him over Cooper rush all day, every day.
1: Hmm. I mean, yes, obviously they paid him. So they kind of have to, um, Cooper rush making himself some nice trade bait down the line though.
0: Oh, if he wins this week, then I feel like he has just cemented himself a career in the NFL. Fair, yes. to, fair to say yes, like where where else would he go? or uh, like like I'm sorry, I, I don't mean where else would he go like like where where else would like a team look at somebody else and be like, hmm, you know, we've seen this all the time. like white dude white quarterbacks in the NFL get like all these backup roles forever. Look at Chase Daniel. So, you do that. I, honestly, Cooper Rush could end up being Chase Daniel.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Chase Daniel
0: 2.0. Yeah. And honestly, the, the biggest favor that the Cowboys did for the remainder of his career is that they aren't limiting the offense around him. Truth. Granted, you know, when you have receivers like CeeDee Lamb running bucket nicket open in the NFL against the communists, sorry, commanders, sorry, commies, <laughs> Sorry, just terrible franchise all around. Um, Makes your life a little easy. Either way, um, you could have given me, like, maybe a couple years ago, I would say that Teddy is top 13-14. But I think he will do enough to stabilize the Dolphins this week to take down the Jets. I don't think he's going to be anything more than that. And I know that you're saying, like, the Jets are going to get a lift. I don't think the Jets know how to handle success, and I think Teddy is, if anything, like I just said, steady. His defense
1: has also looked significantly improved from last year.
0: It has, but they also have not had to play the combination of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle yet, so we're going to see what happens with that one. True. So we'll move on from there. Uh, Vikings and Bears, rest in peace, Justin Fields' career, as well as anybody who took the over on his passing stats this year. I'm going Vikings. Vikings, yeah. Titans Commanders, I actually think that the Commanders could steal this one because this is a a normal spot for Tennessee to do what Tennessee does and lose to a team that they're not supposed to lose to. Then again, at the same time, I take a look at this and go, hmm, Derrick Henry looked a little bit back to form last week. How perfect would it be for him to absolutely run roughshod over our entire defense and just embarrass the hell out of us? That one seems more likely.
1: You just want Jack Del Rio fired.
0: I mean, our defense is also just that bad. Yes, I do want him fired, but it's, we're also talking about Derek freaking Henry here. Like, the, oh. stif, the stiff arm from hell is attached to his arm. He's going – like, FedEx Field has been known where careers die, but this time I think somebody might actually die on FedEx Field because of a Derek Henry stiff arm. He is going to put somebody through the crust of the earth.
1: Mm. you just hope it's Dan Snyder.
0: Boy, wouldn't that be something? Don't, don't give me these fantasies, dude. Come on now. Seahawks-Saints. Um, Seahawks won last week. The, the Lions don't really play much of a defense. That game was a Big 12 shootout. Uh, and I think that the Saints play a significantly better brand of defense. Uh, I think it's really hard to win on the road in the NFL. I think it's really hard to do it in back-to-back weeks. Uh, Andy Dalton, I think, is a comparable backup to something of what uh, Teddy Bridgewater is as well. Uh, neither of them are overly athletic. Both of them are solid, like steady guys. I feel like the Saints go marching on, all puns intended. Uh, give me the Saints.
1: Same. I don't think the Saints looked all that bad last week. It took them about a quarter or two to get going. But they they came on as the game went on. So.
0: Yep. Uh, 49ers at Panthers. Um Somebody better get down on their knees and hope and pray that Baker Mayfield makes it out of this game alive, because speaking of somebody dying on the field, 49ers defense with D'Amico Ryan's running it, that defense is scary.
1: Yeah, I mean, on the flip side, though, the, the Shanahan offense with Jimmy G, man, just continues to turn out wins. It's not the prettiest thing in the world, but...
0: I mean, when you have a defense that is able to do what they're doing, plus... Carolina's offensive line might be on the same level, if not worse than the Rams and the Rams offensive line right now is pretty bad. Uh, Baker is, he's going to be in for a long, long day on Sunday. Uh, Eagles Cardinals Eagles might be the best team in the league right now up there competing for it. They're I'd say right now they're comfortably the best team in the NFC.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. They're the hottest team.
0: Yeah. uh, I'm going to take the Eagles on this one for sure. Uh, Cowboys Rams. You and I differ on this one. I just mentioned how the uh, the Rams' offensive line is nothing better than a wet paper towel. Why are you going with them?
1: McVay, I think that we we do see Cooper Rush lose a little bit of his magic. I see that ultimately the Rams – I don't – I mean, it's, it's definitely not a must win for them, but they kind of – it's safe to say everyone was kind of picking them to to win – last week against the 49ers, especially considering Jimmy G's back, how the 49ers offense looked the week before in that that horrible Sunday night game, right, against the Broncos, where it was just was it wasn't that was the eleven ten game, if I'm correct. Um so I expect McVay's team to to bounce back after last week's loss.
0: Before I give my explanation, I'd like an apology from you. Because I remember earlier In one of our shows, I said that Dallas was a surprisingly stable franchise, more stable than they've ever been. They lose their starting quarterback. And what has happened in years past when the Cowboys have lost their starting quarterback? They have tanked. What have they done this year with a backup quarterback?
1: Win, win, win.
0: So I'll take my apology for you, you know, kind of saying that was a little bit crazy for saying that the Cowboys are kind of stable right now. Because if there's anything that stabilizes a franchise, it's having a a backup quarterback who you feel like you don't need to limit the playbook with. They have not limited Cooper Rush. And Michael Parsons adds a lot of stability because what he does do is provide a lot of other teams instability. That dude is a freak.
1: Uh, Yeah Dallas's defense is pretty good and I I get it like the Rams offensive line yada yada you don't think that uh, you know Stafford's gonna be doing everything in his power to get that ball out of his hand as soon as possible.
0: Chris we have seen Matt Stafford through the course of his career just not learn from these these things that's going on around him.
1: Yes but he won a Super Bowl last year.
0: He also had Andrew Whitworth as his left left tackle and now he has some dude with the last name of Noteboom who I've never heard of. You go from a Hall of Fame left tackle to some dude named Noteboom. That ain't good.
1: He's better. Trust me, you'd rather have him than me at left tackle.
0: That's not a high bar that we're setting.
1: <laughs> You're not.
0: not an NFL left tackle. What are you talking about?
1: <sighs> I would give it a shot and
0: die. <laughs> I Listen, at, at some point, I think the Rams do have to get it together. But... I genuinely – I hate saying this, but I genuinely think that the Cowboys are better than people expected they would be. I feel like – honestly, I think the the biggest reason why I'm picking them is because I am genuinely surprised, and I I have already said this a couple times, but I will beat this point to death. I am genuinely surprised that Mike McCarthy hasn't gone like ultra-ass conservative Mike McCarthy with Cooper Rush.
1: Who's their offensive – uh coordinator. Is it still um Boise State Man?
0: Yeah, Kellen Moore. Yeah. Yeah, it's still him. I it's they also they got Michael Gallup back last week, which I think does a lot to open up some more options for them. Uh Zeke has been credible running the ball this year. He hasn't been anything fantastic, but he's been more credible than not.
1: Well, they've got a pretty nice backup behind him, if you want to deem him a backup.
0: I mean, Tony Pollard's on my fantasy team for a reason. It's the first time I've ever drafted willingly. Also, I think it might just also be the first time I ever that I've drafted a Cowboys player. But Tony Pollard's on my fantasy team. He's a very, very good backup. So I'll take the Cowboys because, again, I, I think that they're more stable than they've ever been, at least in the last 10, 15 years. I think that they got this one. I I I think the Rams are really... I think the fact that they have like given up every single draft pick that they could ever possibly own, and they went all in, like they essentially sold their soul to the devil, and they got what they wanted, and now he's coming to collect. So that that's where I'm at with that one.
1: We gotta wait and see.
0: Yeah, uh, Ravens Bengals. Uh, this is a hold on to my butt sort of one because the Ravens have lost their last five straight home games. And I'm actually taking them because of that. Because at some point, those streaks have to end. And I do think that Cincinnati is better. But I also think that it's hard to really judge what they were based on last week. And I know that, you know, like I picked the Dolphins because I like the fact that they have extra time to prepare. But really what it came down to last week was just... The Ravens went for it on fourth down, as they always do. Uh, I don't have any issue with the fact that they made that call because they have consistently been that team that goes for it. So they were staying on brand. And the worst thing that could have happened was that Lamar throws an interception in the end zone. They get the ball out to the 20 instead of being buried on their end line. And it just so happened to be that the worst possible case scenario that could have happened did happen. And usually the Ravens don't have that happen. So I don't think that's like the sign of a new trend that's coming. I think that's a, you know, it was a rainy, gross day in Baltimore. And the one thing about that play call that really confused me was they, that it was just a straight up drop back. Like there was no run option to it, which I think was really what ended up costing them. So give me the Ravens to finally right the ship. I feel like this is going to be a moment where everybody's going Cincinnati. So I'm going to go contrarian and I'm going to take the Ravens.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not just going with the Homer pick here. I think that the Ravens have looked very good on offense all year. Um, you could say that well their offense dried up in the second half last year uh, last week. And it did. Um, and like you said, just poorly timed mishaps. Um, but overall, you know the, the Ravens man, their offense has looked basically unstoppable and lamar's playing out of his mind they've got jk Dobbins back gus edwards is practicing again justice hill has looked pretty good though he's banged up mark edwards uh mark edwards mark andrews didn't have a great week last week um so i expect a bounce back from him and honestly like let's be real the Steelers are on a down year even kenny pick aside unless he turns it around big time they're in a down year Cincinnati is the rate Like this is a huge game, AFC North game. This is, and I know it's like, well, it's only week four, uh, or sorry, week five. This is a huge divisional game, um, especially with with Cleveland kind of being up in limbo. Like, I expect the Ravens to write the ship, like you said, and Harbaugh and them have been here before. um, And ultimately, I think this game comes down to the Ravens' defense. And it, it's their secondary has looked all over the place. I just the Ravens are not a franchise to embarrass them themselves in any capacity, and so I expect them to kind of turn it around this week.
0: Yeah, you know, I think that counting the Ravens franchise out is it, is a situation for like a famous last words kind of claim. I think that a lot of people will look at the fact that they lost to Miami in the last few seconds, lost to the Bills, and say oh you know when they've played good teams they've lost but it's no they were in complete control of the miami game and then random random shit happened the bills game was josh allen just kind of went god mode after lamar just made one big mistake but if we've seen anything out of the ravens this year it's that their passing game does look significantly better I don't think that you can take last week's game into account because the weather was so atrocious, but the passing game has looked improved. Rashad Bateman looks like he is going to be a very, very good receiver in this league.
1: As long as he's playing, I'm not sure what the uh, overall status is on that.
0: Well, right now I'm just kind of speaking in generalities, but Mark Andrews is having already a better season. Uh, I do think that the, the hopefully improved weather this weekend will help out with that. Uh and in all honesty when when the lights are on at their brightest, Lamar shines. He does not shy away from the moment except for like his first couple of playoff games which people took way too much credit and enjoyment out of bringing him down for. Especially if it's like a regular season game when the lights are on, he he balls out and Joe Burrow is the same kind of dude but I don't know I just I like the fact that the Ravens are at home in this situation because this is a situation for them to write things at home and like I said break that losing streak all streaks must come to an end and this this feels like that right spot especially because I really feel like the majority of people are going to be on Cincinnati with this one
1: yeah and I'm also I would just like to say that like people are already calling for Harbaugh's firing and I'm like no, I mean I get it, he's maybe not one of the flashiest coaches, but he's a damn good coach, man.
0: What what are we talking about though with him not being one of the flashiest coaches? I like we just we're talking about, and granted it was mostly me saying it, but I know that you agree. The team always goes for it on fourth down. They were one of the first teams to start being like, yeah, man, like you want to do that? Okay, let's do that. He he brings it. That like that franchise hasn't missed a beat with him year in and year out, especially when they switch from Flacco to Lamar, which is basically like going from the North Pole to the equator. It's, it's two completely different climates that you're working with there. So Harbaugh, I think for me, is a no-doubter doubt Hall of Fame coach. I think that anybody who's calling for his firing at this point is just an absolute buffoon.
1: I agree. There are a lot of people doing it, though. So I think he signed There are a the lot of stupid
0: team. people in this world, Chris.
1: Preach shame to that.
0: So let's wrap up NFL. Um, Chiefs and Raiders, congrats on the win raiders. But guess what? Patrick Mahomes is starting to do video game type things again. And the Chiefs are at home.
1: Touche. shame. Exactly the same reason.
0: Speaking of, you know, guys who ball out when the lights are brightest, Patrick Mahomes on a Monday night with a chance to show off in front of everybody.
1: In a divisional game.
0: Oh yeah. He's going to take so much pleasure in whatever it is that he ends up doing to uh, to the Raiders. So, like I said, c- congrats to them on the on the one win, but now you got to go to uh, Kansas City face this dude at home, and he's starting to look like he did a couple of years ago, uh, which means he's he's getting on better pages with his receivers. The offense is looking more fluid, and that's scary. So,
1: Andy Reid, enough said too.
0: Yeah. I mean we're getting into into October so we're past September Andy Reed which is the best Andy Reed but still Andy Reid. Andy Reed. I will take him all day every day and then once again before I even consider taking Josh McDaniels.
1: Yes. Oh, that's not even that's not even a conversation. <laughs> yeah,
0: no. That that's not a that, that's not a conversation. That's a joke without a punchline. So That is going to do it for NFL talk this week. Let's move over to our normal bread and butter. And there's a lot of intriguing matchups this weekend in college football. Uh, Not all of them are ranked, but we talked about it last year. I don't really think this game was that interesting last year, but I feel like the the Red River showdown that they're calling it, they could still keep it a shootout. Like, guys, come on. It, even red river rivalry even though that's ridiculously hard to say sounds better than showdown in my opinion. red
1: river rivalry yeah
0: i'm not going to try doing that one again <laughs> i still think it's a better name but it I is a gonna, better name i ain't going to try doing it again it's an
1: alliteration here
0: exactly um but oklahoma and texas and oh man uh Oklahoma has not looked good
1: baby. Oklahoma has not looked good, but i'm I'm thinking that they're gonna bounce back this week.
0: See, I don't get why you're thinking that because they got taken to the woodshed by TCU. and I mean, TCU.
1: it was, day... was
0: better than I than I gave them credit for to start the season, but we're talking Oklahoma TCU.
1: yes, however, I'm taking Oklahoma to bounce back. It's a big rivalry game. Um, Brent Venables kind of needs this win. At this point, you know, they've they've not looked good the past few weeks. Um, they've had a full week now to prepare with um, whoever is backing up uh, now, and playing now that Gabriel, I'm assuming, fingers crossed, is not playing. Um, I expect it to be a high-scoring affair. I'm taking the over. And uh, I think Oklahoma wins by a touchdown, at least.
0: So, uh, I'm here for the over, which is set at 65, and this game feels like bedlam light in terms of scoring, so give me the over. Always give me the over in this game. Uh, The one year that I take the under, I'm going to look back at this and go, why am I doing this?
1: I mean, I think the only thing justifying that would be if Quinn Ewers or um, Houston Card does not play, but it sounds like one of them will play. First of all,
0: Hudson Card. Hudson, Uh, sorry.
1: Hudson, yeah. It's been uh, a long day,
0: man. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Texas in this one though because Texas has generally looked better than Oklahoma this year. But I've also seen a few reports that the culture at Oklahoma is total dog shit, and that the players absolutely hate Venables. So I get the feeling that's getting off to a very very rocky start there. Uh, and I'm also in some cases very much a fan of being an agent of chaos. And I get the feeling that if Venables loses this game, he immediately goes on the hot seat. And I love... We're talking Oklahoma football here, dude. If you get taken to the woodshed by TCU and then you lose to these guys, the way that their season has started has not been good. Mm. People in Norman, they don't have time for this. Especially... Do you know who the uh, the offensive coordinator of TCU is? No. Lincoln Riley's brother. Oof. So, you really think the people in Norman wouldn't know that fact and be extra pissed off about it? Mm. I'm not. I'm not saying that it'd be reasonable for him to be on the hot seat already, but I, I don't believe that Venables has any like direct ties to Oklahoma uh he's so he's an outsider in that regard and you get to the point where this early on people are talking about how bad the locker room is and how bad the culture is norman ain't got time for that because again what else do they have going on there it's it's flat yeah (laughs) they ain't got time for it because that that's what they that's what they got that is a lot of i'd say income uh economy generating stuff going on there like oklahoma football is one of those things where you look at it and go okay i understand that the football coach is usually the highest paid state employee in any state but in oklahoma that makes a lot of sense yeah so the other thing that they they don't have is they don't have time
1: or money
0: to wait for this losing to get fixed. Oh, so, it, could you it,
1: imagine the chaos if they do end up canning Venable's? Oh, well, that would be so much fun.
0: No, no offense to Brent Venable's. I have no clue how he is as a person, but
1: I don't think it'll happen after one year. I think they'll at least give him two.
0: I also chuckle at the idea of Davos Winnie, who I know that you hate, just sitting, you know, over there in Clemson, going, "Come here, Brent. Come back to daddy. You should have. You never should have left."
1: Oh, don't get me started on him. The other night, man, in that NC State game, all Davo does is just yell at his players and yell at the, at the, the refs.
0: A little different note from that. Um, we don't have Clemson on the card this week, so I, I got to say this now. What is the point of that dumbass bus ride that they do to get to the top of the stadium so they can run it at the rock? I have no idea. And I'm waiting for
1: someone to fall one of these times, though. Oh,
0: absolutely. <laughs> like it's It's such a... The tradition itself is kind of cool. Going down that steep of a hill is definitely dangerous. And I will very much enjoy that. If the first person who falls down is (laughs) Davo, I will love that moment. And I think the internet will as well. Oh yes. But I, I don't know, just piling your players onto three different coach buses to drive them maybe a half a mile around the stadium to get to the other side of it is absolutely one of the dumbest things that anybody could have come up with to be a tradition. Like it's, it's so pointless.
1: If anything, it should, it should definitely be a walk, like a March almost type of thing.
0: I feel like that like would almost mean more in a way. Like, you know, if you think about it, like I at least remember in my high school, like the football team, when they were walking out to the stadium, like they would walk from the locker room, which isn't really that close to the actual stadium. You know, they walk to like, Two lines, two people per line, or two, whatever, two lines. I don't know how to describe that properly. I'm, I'm falling over myself there. But, you know, like, they look unified as a team. You come off the bus, and, it like, it almost feels like you're going to an away game.
1: Mm.
0: So, I don't know. That That's a very odd tradition. I don't like it. I will be happy if and whenever they decide to do away with it. Uh, but back to Texas, Oklahoma. Uh, I'm going to take Texas just because, like I said, I think they've been playing better. Uh, I do think Oklahoma will keep it within the spread because that's the other thing that this rivalry has consistently done is like no team has ever really blown the others out. Like weird things happen in this rivalry. And I think that Oklahoma's in a weird year. So it's the perfect time for Texas to win this. But I think Oklahoma will keep it close, just kind of out of pride.
1: It's a rivalry game, exactly.
0: Yeah. Now, Chris, for the first time, in the show's history, ESPN's College Game Day will be traveling to Lawrence, Kansas, because the Kansas Jayhawks, your Kansas Jayhawks, my Kansas Jayhawks, are finally ranked
1: Leopold's.
0: Leopold's. His last name is Leopold.
1: Leopold. <laughs>
0: Uh, they will be going up against the also-ranked TCU Horned Frogs, who, as we mentioned, just got finished spanking the rear ends of Oklahoma and then asking them if they'd like some more. So, Chris, I know that I have been hugely on Kansas all year. I have been enjoying the shit out of this team being fun and good again. But as with anything else in life, all good things must come to an end, and I don't know if you've seen the back end of Kansas's schedule, but it is brutal. Yeah. So, TCU is much better than I gave them credit for. I do have to apologize for taking the under on their season win total. That was clearly a mistake, but you go against this team that, as you mentioned, is on a roll. And then you've got teams like Oklahoma, Texas, Baylor, Oklahoma State still on your schedule. I mean, th- this is where things get real for the Jayhawks. And you mentioned before that you hope Leipold doesn't leave for uh, for like either Wisconsin, Nebraska, wherever. Honestly, I think this is where some of the shine starts to come off the Leipold buzz because five and zero looks great, but also I think they needed like what three missed field goals from Iowa State to survive that game. Iowa State is not the same caliber team that TCU is this year. That is very much obvious. And they also needed that at home. I get that this game is at home. Before the season had started, I picked that this was the game where Kansas would get an upset win to overtake uh, their their season win total of two and a half, and then they would go into the Oklahoma game, having already uh, gotten their win total. And I kind of said that they needed that because the rest of their season looked pretty iffy they have already outperformed that time has passed. I've learned more. TCU is also outperforming my expectations for what they would be. I just think TCU is the better team. And I think that Kansas barely surviving last weekend is my sign that, you know, reality is about to set in. So give me TCU. I'm going to take them on the seven point spread. Um, This over under makes me nervous because the last couple of Kansas games have gone under their game against Duke should have gone over, but it didn't. And then the Iowa state game didn't even sniff the over, but TCU likes to spread the ball out. They like to score. They like to you know run the ball up and down the field. Kansas when they're at their best is doing the same thing. Uh, so I'm going to hold my nose and take the over 68 and a half. We are carbon copying on this. Have I said anything or have I not said anything that is, you know, kind of factoring into why you're making the same decisions that I am?
1: I think that TCU is the best team that Kansas has faced so far. Most complete team. Um, Sonny Dykes has, I mean, kind of has turned this program back around. I mean, we were used to... At the snap of a finger, too. Yeah, like early 2010s. So you go back to Andy Dalton era and even before him. And then certainly for a few... See, like rounds of, of recruits after they were a staple top 15 team. Um, and uh, there were multiple years where they were like fringe playoff contenders and then would end up like faltering, you know, towards the end of the season.
0: Well, at that, um, at that point, they were New Year's six contenders because we still had the bullshit DCS back then,
1: true. Um So it's kind of like a bit of a weird nostalgia to actually see TCU kind of back in it after probably a good five plus year span of them basically being irrelevant. Um, They like to score points. Um, That's why I'm taking the over. Kansas is probably going to have to score points to attempt to keep up with them. Um, Also, I mean, I think it's amazing that Lawrence is getting College Game Day. I mean, and I will also say, fingers crossed that Leika Corso is back and healthy. but let's. be real. Unlike
0: Dick Vitale and Lou Holtz, Lee Corso is actually enjoyable. So yes, I, he is. Not, not that I hope ill will on the other two guys because <laughs> I'm never going to be that person. But more than usual, yes, I really hope that Lee Corso is back.
1: Um, but let's be real. Kansas football does not, and Lawrence they 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 don't go hand to hand typically. So that's why this year has been so much fun. Oh, of course, of course, of course. Well, because because not... also to the to the credit of the good people of
0: Kansas the football team has gotten good and they are third straight home game sold out. So the the people in Kansas, they don't just show up for basketball. They show up for anything. Kansas athletics, it appears.
1: Right. But now this is the first time game day's there for football. That's a major distraction. You know, the players are going to have a lot more going on off the field, rightly so. Well-deserved, you know, cannot discredit them there, but ultimately TCU is the better team. Um, I expect them going on the road. Um, I can't really consider Kansas a hostile environment, but I you know, I think that crowd is going to be very into it. Um, but I still just think TCU is the better team, more complete team.
0: So here's where I'm at with this, because I've kind of like fallen in love with this team. I still don't really know what it was that made this happen, but I, I kind of have. As I said, I expect all good things to come to an end at some point. I feel like this is where this happens. First and foremost, I'm going to say I'm glad that they got game day this week because, I, again, I think TCU wins this one. I don't think they would have a shot at getting game day for the rest of the season. So glad that they get it now. Uh, glad that they finally got ranked because, again, based on what I expect to happen, I don't think they'll be ranked in the top 25 much longer. So with all that being said, would you like to know the going price for a Kansas football jersey? 140 dollars (laughs) wow yeah that's that's pretty steep i wanted to kind of do what i did with college basketball season where i randomly got like a wyoming basketball jersey because i kind of fell in love with that team too but (laughs) that jersey was significantly cheaper um that being said if kansas pulls this game off I will purchase a Kansas football Jersey and Chris, I will let you decide because you get to choose which player gets put on there. I will let you decide which player name and number that I put on there. Hmm. So I, I will leave that All up right. to you. The The power is in your hands. So keep- just keep in mind, if you choose number zero, I reserve the right to reach through this computer screen of mine and just punch you right in the face. <laughs>
1: All right, all right. I'm going to keep that in mind. But the real question was: Will it be a blue jersey or white jersey or a red jersey?
0: Uh, so I didn't see any red jersey options available, and I always prefer to get a team's like color jersey as opposed to a white jersey because I also mm. think it's easier to keep clean. True. Um, but it's going to be blue, basically.
1: Nice. I mean, man, I I've said it once, I'll say it again. I love their massive Jayhawk on the side. Like, it's uh, so, so obnoxious. It,
0: it, it's one of the few, like, oversized, like, essentially fathead decals that actually plays. Like, I it's love great. it. Yeah, it's,
1: no, great.
0: It, it's fantastic. It, it's, it's very well done, and all they're doing is just sticking the school's logo on there. But it's, like, if they had made it smaller, I, I don't think I'd love it nearly as much as I do. I'm very happy that they're doing it this way.
1: Yes, agreed.
0: All right, next game. Tennessee LSU, I've heard that the good people of Louisiana are a bit upset that this game is at noon, as opposed to being a night game, because if there are any places harder to play than LSU's Death Valley, not Clemson's Death Valley, after dark, please let me know, because I'm not sure.
1: Hey, Towson almost won there.
0: Okay, well, nobody in LSU is going to take Towson seriously. Let's be real here. (laughs) But we're talking big game, under the lights. Sure, you want to try and sell me on Tuscaloosa? Okay, maybe. But the people of of Louisiana go bananas for a night game. I mean, the people in Alabama go nuts for any game, but I'm talking like under the lights – Baton Rouge is de Cite, but LSU is a three-point dog at home to Tennessee, who has looked very, very good this year so far. Uh, Over/under set at sixty-five. You're taking Tennessee.
1: I'm taking Tennessee. They're wearing their smoky jerseys. Okay. On the road, so I think that that's you know, also the, you know. In order to compete in the SEC, you have to win on the road. I think that's safe to say everywhere, but you know these uh, these SEC stadiums are different. Like you just said, Death Valley is nuts. Um, also, Tennessee's offense has looked really good. Um, I The only thing I worry about with this is that if they're maybe peering down the road too far, because next week they have Bama. However. With that being said, you know for a fact the coaching staff is in their ears, basically because they want to make sure that they're covered. Next week we have Bama, we will worry about that next week, let's win this game, if Tennessee wins this week, we could see a possible top five matchup between Tennessee and Bama, and you know that game will be wild. Tennessee fans won't be too mad because that, that game is going to be at 3.30 for sure, <laughs> Um so I'm taking Tennessee on the road, but I expect LSU to cover. I think it's going to be super close. Um, and even though Tennessee's offense has looked very, very good so far, I expect it to, to go under. Um, it's going to be a close game. I think, you know, ultimately SEC defenses do shine against each other. Um, and that's that.
0: So I have a few thoughts that went in my head this one, with this one uh like you i think lsu covers but i also think lsu takes the win outright i like think a few things go on here uh one lsu home cooking it is a noon game yes and I, I do think that has a genuine effect on the way that the people down there act because thinking about it, if it's a noon start for us it also means it's an 11 a.m start for them but i am of the mindset that when, when you take a look at both these team schedules. LSU is a wonky special teams play away from taking FSU to overtime and, in my opinion, ultimately winning that game because they had taken all of the momentum in that one. And if they didn't have their extra point blocked, I feel like that game would have gone to LSU. They are so they're one play away from being genuinely undefeated including a win over Mississippi state who has been kind of surging as well. So they beat them and they're a good team. I think that, you know, eventually they'll run into their own wall, but that's a different story. Tennessee struggled with Pittsburgh, who was on a backup quarterback for the majority of the game. And most importantly to me, struggled with Florida. And I don't think that Florida is very good. Now, granted, LSU went on the road, barely beat Auburn by four. Auburn is a dumpster fire this year, but winning on the road is tough. So factor in that But fact, you have to do it. You have to do it, but they're at home right now. Tennessee is the road team that's got to figure out how to do it. And the last thing that I'm going to throw in here is I feel like Tennessee is developing right now a consistency within their program, but they're not there yet. And you've heard me talk about, I love Hendon Hooker as a quarterback. I don't love the struggles that the team has had overall with putting teams away. I think that you get these kids with an 11 AM start time it's on the road. And the fact that Tennessee isn't quite consistent yet. I get the feeling that they're going to have what happens to me with Maryland all the time where all of the hype is there And when you face your first big test, you ultimately disappoint. Because Florida, I don't necessarily think, was the biggest of tests. You were at home. Yeah, it's your rival. But those sort of games kind of get their own category. This is your first real test. And I think ultimately this is where they stumble. Because I think that Josh Heupel is a wonderful head coach. But... Chip Kelly showed that he was a good coach at Notre Dame consistently, and he's had a few weeks to, you know, work out the kinks here, get his game plan together. This just feels like a spot where Tennessee, like you mentioned, could be looking ahead to Alabama. So for that reason, give me LSU, and I'll take the under 65 as well, just because I I don't think LSU is that prolific offensively. So if I feel like they're going to win, I feel like they're going to have to do it in a lower scoring game. So I'm going to take the under 65 on that one. You're just just staring at me. (laughs) I mean, yes, Chris, I understand that you were nodding in agreement, but the people who are listening to this don't hear you nod.
1: Yes, sir. I will... (laughs) Make sure that I am animated and verbaling, verbalizing, verbaling, and that's what I just said. That's that's where we're at today, Sean.
0: All right. Uh, I'm gonna awkwardly transition to the next game and just see that's what I thought you that. were gonna
1: do. That's why I left that silence there, but
0: well if I left the silence there, I was hoping you would say something.
1: Saying something, leading us into this Utah UCLA game. Oh, it's gonna God. be at UCLA. Do you think that they'll actually have fans in the Rose Bowl?
0: I'm sorry, I just that that got weird. Um, <laughs> I do think there will be fans in the Rose Bowl, but I also think a lot of them will be Utah fans.
1: Probably, I mean, I think at this point they just want fans in general. Like, they need to do something about that, right? Yeah. Um, so I go, go ahead. No, I mean, I, I'm taking you, UCLA here. I mean, they've been looking pretty good. This is by far. The hottest that they that they've been underneath Chip Kelly, um, and I mean, don't forget they had an eight win season last year, and if they're looking to make any strides in the Pac twelve, this is the way to this is this is how they have to do it, right? And it sets up, I believe, next the following week that they play USC. So this is kind of a Tennessee. Uh, I could be wrong on that. Actually, I should probably double check that. Um,
0: those two teams probably should play at the end of the season, but I could be wrong.
1: Um hold on. Um I'm sorry. After no, after after this week, they actually have 2 weeks off back to back um until they play Oregon. But like the the Pac-12 is in, in such a weird situation because like I feel like they've got some quality teams right now, but this is also a prime setup for them to just eat themselves like they typically do. And that's ultimately why I'm pick, picking UCLA. I mean, Utah I think it's the better team. I think UCLA is the hotter team. Um, I think that they know how to put up points. Um, they've got some really good quarterback play that no one's really talking about, right? I mean, he's been on fire. Um,
0: Dorian Thompson Robinson. Yeah, DTR. DTR.
1: Yeah, and um, I'm for that reason I'm taking UCLA to cover and taking the over of 64. I think I think it's going to be a shootout.
0: All right. So first of all, Chris, I love you. Um but UCLA only gets one weekend off. This Saturday is the 8th. Next weekend on Saturday is the 15th. The following weekend is the 22nd. They play Oregon on the 22nd.
1: Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> Man, I'm I'm telling you, like I'm literally looking at their schedule. I'm like, wow, the 8th to the 22nd. That seems like a really long time. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Chris. It's only fourteen days,
1: fourteen games and t- days until their next game.
0: Fourteen games until their next day, huh?
1: I promise this is only water and this is only tea. There's yeah. no boozing happening tonight.
0: That's exactly what somebody who is boozing would say. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I I think a lot of people like you are going to be on the UCLA hype train. Uh, I think a lot of people want UCLA to be good because a lot of people had high expectations. For Chip Kelly coming in. Uh, I I do think that they are significantly improved. And I think this is what like year four. Of Chip Kelly and year 20 of DTR being at UCLA. Uh, For that reason, I think UCLA covers the four point spread. I'm absolutely taking the over. uh, Because what Chip Kelly game am I going to look at and not pick the over in. But I'm going to take Utah. Because earlier this year. I picked them against Florida in the season opener and I should have remembered one key factor. Utah usually starts the year slow and gets much, much better as the year progresses. And I think this is at the point where Utah is about to start bullying some people and they can bully you and put up some points. So I think Utah is still the favorite for a reason. Like you said, they are the better team. I think UCLA is kind of learning how to handle success. It will help them that they have a veteran quarterback who's been starting for a bajillion years, which I think is why they cover.
1: So does Utah though.
0: Exactly. That's why I'm still going to stick with them. Mm. So I think when you get two quarterbacks who have been there for forever, but Utah is clearly still the better team. I I think that they can go on the road and handle business in this one. Now, we move away from the West Coast, back to the East Coast, and to a game that neither team is ranked. But it's about damn time that I put them into our picks because I am, if anything, biased. Uh, and I do love my Turtles. And they're actually interesting this year. And also, Chris, I'm scared.
1: Because this... It's a letdown spot.
0: This is the moment. Yeah. This is this is the, the exact... It's the Iowa game from last year. This is the moment. So why am I taking Maryland and for them to cover the three-point spread? Make it make sense to me, and I'm the one who's doing this.
1: I think that this is – I you would like to think that underneath this regime, they've learned from past moments like this where it's like – I don't want to say the season hinges on this, but – this would be a huge launch. They would go go to five and one, if I'm correct, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, at that point, they've got to be looking top 25, getting some mention in that in that range. Um, I'm taking Maryland, taking Maryland to cover, and I'm going under 58, mainly because I know Maryland can put can put up points. Purdue last week, their offense did not look great. They, they benefited from Minnesota turning over the ball quite a bit. Tanner Morgan had a down game. They did not have their normal running backs. Um, I think Maryland's also going to do everything they can to keep the ball out of, uh, you know, Purdue's offense can put up points. We've seen that, but I think Maryland's going to do everything they can to hold it. Safe to say Maryland's got a great rushing attack this year.
0: Yeah, it's a lot more balanced than I thought it was. I, I made the mistake of taking um... – Roman Hemby last, uh, last week, anytime touchdown score, and I clearly should have taken Littleton and the other guy that they had because they, they got running backs, dude.
1: And it helps that they have a Tungavailoa who's rolling right now.
0: Yeah, uh, I was talking with my dad about that earlier today, and I think that actually the biggest thing that helped Maryland last week was the fact that Tua uh, was awake and cognizant of the world around him and able to fly back to Miami because um, using my very limited knowledge of Pacific Islander culture, uh, the Tagovailoa family is Hawaiian slash Pacific Islander. I, I don't know the exact roots, but from what I understand of people of those cultures, family isn't just above all else. Family is everything. So I imagine that Leah saw what happened to his brother because there's no way that he's not watching his brother play in primetime he probably saw what happened he's probably worried beyond belief i mean that i was worried and i have no direct relationship to tua but i imagine that you know since family is everything that when tua is up probably one of the first things he did is reach out to a lot of family members and give them reassurances of you know, yes, this happened. I know it's scary, but yada, 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 all that sort of stuff. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but basically I'm imagining that he was probably able to reach out to the little brother, let him know that he's all right, or as all right as he can be and that he'll get better. Uh, and that probably helped Leah kind of refocus up for the Michigan state game because if Tua was like still in a coma or not really still in a coma, but like had he gone into a coma or there have been like greater medical concerns, I wouldn't have blamed Leah whatsoever if he was completely unfocused for the Michigan state game. And they had ultimately lost that. So one, I'm very glad that Tua was healthy for obvious reasons, but I do think that did help Leah stay focused for Michigan state because I I feel like the message from big brother was probably go play your game, go do your thing. I'm all right.
1: Yeah. Um, This, I mean, yeah, I don't know this. It feels so much like the Iowa game. Last year, mm-hmm. I just, I mean, I, I guess trying to spin it in a positive manner, Purdue's defense is nowhere near as good as Iowa's defense. No. I don't care <laughs> does, what does year per- it is. Does
0: Purdue have a defense?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't care <laughs> what year it is. I i I'm solely taking the under, though, because I think Maryland's going to do everything they can to just possess the ball.
0: Which which is fair. Uh, I'm taking the over because uh, the, the under hit last week, but the weather was kind of meh. I'm um, I, I just I'm afraid of taking unders too consistently. Uh, as I tweeted out last weekend, taking unders sucks, and if I'm going to bet this game and if I'm going to be in the stands, I'd at least like to root for points. So I'm going to take the over solely on the premise of not torturing myself all day Saturday. Uh, but this does feel like at the Iowa game. Uh, this does remind me that hope is a hell of a drug. Um but I also take a look at the rest of Maryland's schedule. And last year, their schedule was still pretty rough after the Iowa game. Honestly, I, I look at their schedule. They have to go to Indiana. They're not that good. Northwestern comes to College Park. They're garbage. Wisconsin just fired their coach, which they fired a coach with a 77% like, win percentage. What are y'all doing? I, I mean, the first sign of a bad season, and y'all let them go. I don't care that you have Jim Leonard in wait. What the hell are y'all doing? That's re- like that that's the the sign of like an AD and, and a school that thinks that they should be more than what they are. And just but nodded. they are that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like the, the people in the building must be like, we need to try and be more. It's, no, like. It's okay to be what you are. Yeah. Like just just be that. Like accept what you are, live with it. You're Wisconsin. I'm sorry, you're never going to be Alabama, you're never going to be Ohio State. It's it's just the truth of the matter. The only and I mean only way that sort of transformation ever happens is if roster sizes start getting limited and scholarships get like ridiculously limited. Mm -hmm. so that way there's a greater spread of talent across the country. That's it. That's all. But going back to Maryland, their next three games after Purdue are very, very winnable, and they seem to have learned from their mistake of last year, and they don't have their best freaking receiver playing punt return. (laughs) Now, granted, the guy who they have back there seems very capable of what he's doing. He also seems to be a pretty good receiver, but he's not Dante Dimas or Rakim Jarrett. So last year's game against them, the the wheels fell off the bus as soon as Demas got hurt. Like that, that was it. But this year, it feels different. Like it genuinely feels different. Cause I went into last year, like super nervous. And at the same time, high hopes. I'm less nervous than I was last year. And I think also it comes down to the fact I don't trust Purdue to run the ball. So, if Purdue has a lead, I very much trust them to do something that they shouldn't do because they just don't like running the ball. So, give me Maryland. Please let things be different for us. I hope
1: so, man. I really hope so. It I would mean, be nice to see them go to, to be an actual ranked team again.
0: It would be. Uh, I'm not sure if Purdue, like beating Purdue would be enough to do it. But I think if we, you know, let's let's say they beat Purdue and let's say that TCU does beat Kansas. I think that you could essentially take Kansas out and put Maryland in. I, I totally. think that would be, I think that would be a fair trade.
1: Totally. And I think that also not as an excuse in any way, shape or form, these guys have played on Friday plenty of times in their life. The Iowa game was a Friday night game.
0: Yes. And we seem the routine to be, matters. We seem to be avoiding making that mistake again. Thank God. Yeah. All right. Last game of our slate, Florida State at NC State. Uh, Chris, I feel like this game is very much the determining factor of who is the third best team in the ACC. I I think right now the clear-cut one and two is Clemson-Wake Forest. Fair to say? Yes. So, Um... NC State looked like garbage against Clemson last weekend. Like Clemson's D-line lived in NC State's backfield. They couldn't move the ball for shit at the end of the game. I was angry tweeting my way through it because I had taken NC State to cover. They did not do that. Uh, But this game is in Raleigh. It's not in Clemson. Florida State just got waxed by Wake Forest in Tallahassee. I'm going to take NC State, but I'm going to take Florida State to cover just because I I don't really think NC State's that good. I'm just going to give them the home cooking and the win here. So it's a a three-and-a-half point spread. Give me FSU to cover. Give me under 50 and a half. I, I, th- this is an important game. It's two ranked teams, and I feel like whoever loses this is going to be out of the top 25, but that doesn't mean I think it's going to be a good game.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a good game. Who knows what the field conditions are going to be like. Uh, it's been raining nonstop all along the East Coast. Um, I know it's supposed to clear up the next few days, so I'm saying that, and now I'm playing like, eh. um, But... I think, like you said, NC State is the third best team in the ACC. Um, I know that they lost last week, and I would put that loss on their offense. I think they had plenty of opportunities to win that game. Um, their defense looks pretty good, right? NC State's defense is good. I mean, DJ played better than usual. He um, seems to be improving, which is which yeah. good,
0: good for him. Good for him. Gen- like, I'm genuinely happy for the kid.
1: Yeah, I mean, slow and steady, I think that, that Clemson has been spoiled because of the, their streak of unreal quarterback play. Um, but ultimately, I do think that this is where we see NC State has had a few more years under their belt with this crop of kids compared to Florida State. They're kind of like, this is a whole new regime for Florida State. This is really their, this, you could say, is their biggest game.
0: I felt like you also could have said that last week against Wake Forest and they fell flat on their face.
1: This is too – I mean, yeah, look, if Florida State loses this game, which I'm expecting them to do, you can firmly cement that they are the fourth or fifth team in the ACC because that's two crushing losses back-to-back.
0: I think if they lose, then it's a clear cut one through four. Like, I I think it's Clemson-Wake Forest, and I really think this game decides who's third and who's fourth because, honestly, do we believe in Syracuse that much just yet? No. Yeah, so – I don't know who else in the ACC that we would pick as like a contender because I mean, sure as hell isn't going to be Miami after getting or after losing to Middle Tennessee State.
1: Mario Cristobal, man.
0: I, I it's his first year. I'm going to give him more time. I'm not going to make that many rushes to judgments. Just in terms of this year, Miami is not going to make a case to be top four in the ACC, and I can't think of anybody else who could make a case.
1: Boston College. I'm kidding. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I Car- just spit out a random team.
0: North Carolina could have, if they had any like semblance of a defense, but they don't have a defense, so that, Drake that's Drake May be- looks great though, man. Oh yeah, he's he's gonna make himself a lot of money in the NFL just based on what he's doing in college. Yep. So uh, you're taking NC State. You're also taking them to cover the three and a half point spread. But over?
1: I'm taking I'm taking the over. Uh, I get that it's a huge game. Both teams played big games last week, and they they would have hit this over against better competition. Um, So that within itself, I'm taking the over.
0: All right, if you say so. Uh, uh, One thing that I want to bring up before we get to our FCS game of the week and we wrap things up, uh, but I'm going to keep it brief. I think it's safe to say that the reason why college football is so enjoyable is because of mid-level like uh, the upper end, mid level teams, because I, I think that the Georgias, the Alabamas, the Ohio states of the world, even though Georgia has kind of struggled the last couple of weeks, uh, though like those teams just don't make the regular season of college football enjoyable. I think it's all these teams that are like in the middle here who have all these fun matchups who, you know, give us a reason to tune in to the TCU's and Kansases, uh, the the Red River showdown despite the fact that, you know, like Oklahoma has been really, really good. They've never been like, you know, contending for a title, even though they've made the playoffs, they just were never a contender. Uh, Texas has been down for years, but like these games are always fun. So I I love college football, but I don't love it for the top tier teams because honestly they're kind of boring.
1: No one, I, I, I shouldn't say no one, but no, it's not about that. And I would say, the 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 overall quality of team between I would even say four because I believe Clemson still ranked fourth that four and twenty five is not much yeah right like it is there's not much separation there um and you I mean can, think about i
0: I'm, I'm picking LSU to beat Tennessee and Tennessee is eighth
1: right exactly um. I think that it, it is very minor uh positional battles or style really on probably more stylistic play um that separates these these teams and and guys stepping up to the plate in big moments and you love to see it regardless of the sport right i mean um also just the atmosphere is like it's so nice to have it back after uh you know it was back last year but you know after 2020 i think we all really just relish it a bit more um
0: yeah i mean i genuinely think that tcu kansas and utah ucla will be infinitely more enjoyable games to watch than alabama texas a&m this weekend
1: oh yeah i mean i don't think texas a&m even stands a chance
0: No, and and that's really that's what makes me love college football it isn't the alabamas it's those other teams where i'm like you know what it's six seven o'clock here on the east coast or we're like Pac-12 after dark. What's the reason why that came about? It's because it's fun. So I I don't watch college football to watch the top-end teams. I tune in to see the Missouris who might actually have a chance, but then go into a predictable collapse against Georgia. But, like, actually put up a fight against them. That's what gets me to tune into a Georgia game. I'll tune into Georgia when they play Alabama, but when they're playing lower-end teams, no, it's not fun. Is when those teams that are in the middle match up against each other. That's what makes the sport so enjoyable. That said, let's get into the FCS game of the week. We've got Missouri state and Southern Illinois, two ranked teams. Uh, they're in the same conference. One is three and two Southern Illinois. The other is two and three Missouri state. Southern Illinois is on a three game win streak while Missouri state is on a three game losing streak. <laughs> so Chris, you're taking Southern Illinois. I'm taking Missouri State. Pourquoi?
1: I'm taking the hot hand. Okay. Simple enough. Three three game win streak. I mean, it, you can see this as being a letdown game, but the three game win streak is a three game win streak, and you would have to imagine that they are doing everything in their power to just replicate the previous week.
0: Uh, that's fair. Uh, So I'm going to take Missouri State because uh, I'm going to make a quick aside here. Fun fact, uh, the remainder of the schedules for both of these teams for all but one game, they play the exact same schedule. They've both got Northern Iowa, Western Illinois, South Dakota, and Youngstown State on their schedules. Just Southern Illinois has North Dakota State and Missouri State has Indiana State. Uh, for the remainder of their season. So, fun little factoid there. Another little factoid, uh, credit to the good people of Western Illinois University, because after this weekend, they have to put up with being the homecoming game twice, both for Southern Illinois and for Missouri (laughs) State, back-to-back. So, have fun with that one, guys. I mean, I don't know how much homecoming means in college, but that's because I don't think it was really the biggest thing at Towson, so maybe it means more elsewhere. Mm. Uh, But... That being said, uh, I just kind of want to go what I think would be contrarian to what I think the normal pick would be. If you're on a three-game losing streak, but you're at home, uh, your backs are against the wall. Because in the FCS, you can make a wide playoff field. So if you you kind of get it together and take down Southern Illinois, they proved that they can take down a top 15 team because they took down UT Martin second week of the season. You can take down number 17. So I I think that schools like North Dakota, who isn't as good as they have been, but consistently they have been a better program. Uh, South Dakota State is also a very, very good team. They're number two in the country for a reason. And their third loss was Arkansas. I mean, come on. That that ain't fair. So I'm going to go what I think would be contrary to popular opinion. And I'm going to take the Bears. So... With that in mind, uh, thank you once again to everybody who has listened to us. I really appreciate you guys. We're going to wrap it up and get out of here and we will see you guys next week.